There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brant Bernard, and Jude. And Jude is licking the headphones. Perfect. No, it's not. Here's a shock. Don't freak people out. We'll be right back. <laughs> Scott Olmstead, a special guest, okay. with him okay. up next with the family. It's time for Team KQ Walzer's third annual Tour de Cure ride. Join me, Doug Sprinthal, Michael Bryant, and a ragtag group of riders as we raise money to fight diabetes. This year, the ride is Saturday, June 1st, and starts at Boom Island. We take the 26-mile route. It's a ride, not a race, so people of all abilities are welcome. It's a worthy cause that raises millions to support research for a cure for this terrible disease. Go to diabetes.org slash kqwalzer or email doug at walzer.com for more information. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We're doing some stuff right now. <laughs> I was going to play Fawn songs. Oops. We are back. Alex is going to play some bumper music, but she dropped the ball already, which is a real shock. Okay. Are our guests ready to go? Yep. Scott Olmstead and Terry Cannon, the success of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Gala. Scott Olmstead from Hope Hustlers 2019. And he's, go he, team. he often appears on very popular uh, radio shows. And then <laughs> Terry Cannon, the LLS Executive Director, both with us. Scott, Terry, how are you? Hello. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm great. Hey, Thanks for having us hey, on. Hey, family, we're doing great. Thanks for having us. 
Uh, absolutely. You know, Scott, I got to know your dad. I don't know if you know that or not. I, I heard a story. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty happy about that. Oh, he's such a great guy. He was so proud of you. He called in and said, thanks for having him on the show. And I said, you know, he's not a bad guy. I've, I've met better, but, you know. No, that's not what I said at all. Yeah. So, uh, Catherine's here. Alex is here. Now, Terry, you met Catherine, I believe, at the gala, I think. Yes. Yeah, hi, Catherine. Hi, how are you? I'm great. That's the ticket, Alex. You're going to jump in, or are you just going to be playing uh, what Angry Birds? What do you want me birds? to do? What? Well, I thought you, <laughs> didn't you meet, you were at the gala as well. The gala, yes. Yes. The gala. Was it a gala? Lovely, says gala now? I say gala. Whatever works. So, Terry, you're the LLS executive director. How did that come about, Terry? <laughs> well, I've been uh, working with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society for the last seven years. So this was my eighth time experiencing the Man and Woman of the Year campaign. And every year is just astonishing what these candidates do. It was fun to watch Scott in action for the last ten weeks. Yes, I can, I can see this. Now, Scott, you did not end up winning. Um, I don't know about that. I think that we won huge. Now, I didn't I didn't get the fast name Man of the Year. Right. But we raised a ton of funds, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, you did very, very well, as a matter of fact. I heard all about it. Uh, yeah, there was over $650,000 raised, right? Over $675,000. And Scott's right. Our motto is, we all win when cancer loses. Exactly. So, you know, all the... All the candidates go into this campaign knowing that they're going to work their butts off for 10 solid weeks. And there's always a chance at the end that they may not go home with the sash, but everyone there is is working as hard as they can to cure cancer. That's what it's all about. That did an amazing job. Yeah, and if anybody's um, ever done $50,000. Sorry. If anybody's ever that. done and fundraising. Yeah, I think we all did win. I mean, we were we had a, we set out with a goal of raising a hundred thousand dollars, and we we raised one hundred forty-seven thousand dollars plus just through our whole hustlers team. Um, and when I say that we won, our goal of a hundred thousand dollars was specific in raising two cancer research grants that were fifty thousand dollars a piece. And so I'm so proud that we were able to name two cancer research grants. Um, and the first one was actually in honor of my caregiving team from the Mayo, who were actually there at the event. So my cancer doctors, my stem cell transplant doctor, my nurses that from the Mayo that seven years ago performed and cared for me were there and sharing this event for me. And it was just such an honor to be able to share that moment with them and know that we're, you know, we're, we're putting cancer, these dollars to work for further cancer research and being able to give that gift of gratitude to them. And another one in the name of my kids and, and wife that mm. are my personal caregivers. I mean, we're making a real movement here. It was such a great night and I had such a great time. And I'm just proud of all the candidates that came together. 675,000, that's a lot of cancer research grants that are going out there. And mm. so I'm just so thankful for everybody's involvement. You know, Terry, I will tell you, Scott is quite the uh, spokesperson for the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma <laughs> Society. He does a great job. Thank you. We know that. That's why we put him on our board of trustees. He's <laughs> awesome. Well, and I'd like you to know that I'm a winner, too, because I didn't have to see Scott wearing a sash. 
So that's good. <laughs> He had sparkly shoes, though. But he did have sparkly shoes. Oh, well, he's got purple glitter shoes. I want to hear about your purple glitter shoes, Scott. Those must be pretty snazzy. Man, yeah, we had a lot of fun there. So just, I don't, I don't know. Terry can probably speak to how many people were in the room and in attendance there. But I know in the Hope Hustlers corner, we had over 150 people there, yeah. and we had fun with it. We asked people that were supporting us at Hope Hustlers to wear like some purple accessories. And it was great to walk around the uh, that whole night and see people in purple shoes, purple dresses, purple accessories, and just say, hey, you're a whole puzzler. That's awesome. So that made it a lot of fun. I could see that to be absolutely Yeah, we had, we had nearly 1,000 people in the room, so it was quite a fun night. 1,000 people. Yeah. God, that's just wonderful. I, I, you know, to tell nice you the event. truth, Scott and Terry and, and everybody here at the podcast, one of the things that I really love it's not only, you know, meeting Scott and now Terry getting a chance to talk to you today, but I'm sitting on the air and all of a sudden uh, Candace says, hey, we got a caller on line one. I go to it and Scott, it's your dad. That connection, he was so happy. He was so proud of you. That's a huge part of this for me too, the reach that the KQ Morning Show has and that this show has and people, you know, making that connection was really, really wonderful, I thought. That was really nice. Yeah, it's been nice. Uh just through the podcast too, I've had I've been getting private messages and um, I think through Twitter and Facebook that people have been sending in checks because they've heard about this now yeah. on the podcast. So that's great too. Right. Well, Tom and Catherine, you know, we say part of this campaign it's about raising funds, but it's also about raising awareness, and that's yep. the part that you've been able to help us do so well. Um, you know, blood cancers is not a disease that, that gets a lot of attention all the time, but when you start to talk about it and share stories and spread awareness through things like the podcast and the radio show, all of a sudden people start coming out of the woodwork and you find out about all the connections you never knew you had. Um, people who lost a loved one to a blood cancer and sometimes people don't even realize that not Hodgkin's lymphoma is a blood cancer or that multiple myeloma is a blood cancer. And it's not till we start sharing stories like this that they realize how connected they are to our mission. And the whole thing is just, now Terry, how did you get involved in the, in the very beginning of it all for you? For me? Mm -hmm. um, for me, it started out as just a career advancement. And within mm, okay. the first week or two, you've met, you know, I, I was interviewed by my board chair, who was a multiple myeloma patient. And um, so from day one, I, I had connections. And, you know, it doesn't take very long to work in the field of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society before you are personally very committed. All the the kiddos I've met, the adults I've met who are survivors and those who have lost loved ones, that's the hardest part. I've had many volunteers and board members and and people's children that have died on my watch and that's not okay. That's got to be a tough part of that job, Terry, no. I would imagine. Being so close to it, I, I imagine you do see a lot of tragedy, don't you? We do. That's what happens in the cancer space. You know, this is it's life or death, and that's why we keep doing it. You know, it's a good thing that you and Catherine don't hang around together because she would have burst into tears just now, you just saying that. Oh. She, she's down at the well, end of the table all teary-eyed how, again. How, how old were the uh, kids that were <laughs> fundraising and that were up on stage? They were really young kids. 
they were just so adorable. <laughs> so the kiddos, the kiddos who happened, the kiddos who happened to come up on stage on Saturday night, um, one of them or two of the kids in the room, they were our current boy and girl of the year because we. We always assign a, a boy and girl of the year that the candidates can run in honor of. Not everyone has as close of a connection as Scott, who is a two-time survivor. Mm-hmm. And those people who ran just because they were nominated um, need some motivation. So we give that to them in the form of the boy and girl of the year. And the extra kids that were on stage Saturday night happened to be our 2014 boy and girl of the year, who are a little more grown up now. They were uh, five years old back then, and now they're... You know, they're adorable third and fourth graders, and, and I seriously think they're going to be our future world leaders. They've gone through a lot in their life, more than any kiddo that age should have ever experienced, but they were up on stage and, and just ready to dominate. <laughs> um, but they're part of our inspiration. They continue to be part of our inspiration. You know, once a boy or girl of the year, always a... Um, a boy or girl of the year they're just they're the reason that we keep going that is a wonderful thing scott it really must be something knowing your father called into the kq morning show to talk about how proud he was of you and just for not you know no reason to do it but to to thank uh this show and and the morning show and all you know for talking about this and bringing you on this show and all the rest of it it's got to be really nice to know your father loves you that much isn't it uh, absolutely, Tom. Uh, I, he, he couldn't stop just beaming about that moment. And I couldn't be more proud of not only my family members that 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 came out and supported me and um, and continued to through this whole thing, but all my friends and family and, and all the strangers that came up and supported this effort collectively and have continued to do so for for me over the last almost eight years now. Um, I'm just. I'm just blessed by the by the the, the support that I have. I, I I I I'm very lucky to have that, and I thank you and your program for for helping uh, share these stories and share this share this need. And uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Well, Scott, I just having you in studio was great because you know you were just sitting down there having a good time. You were here for an hour, and we were talking about this, that, and the other <laughs> thing. And we had we had a wonderful time, and then we learned a lot as well. But Anytime that, that, that there's that connection where, you know, meet you and now, you know, you have Terry Cannon with you today, your father calling in, Catherine and Alex actually going to the benefit. Was that your second year in a row? You yep. Yeah. Yeah. Katie Bloomquist was Katie the one, Bloomquist, yeah, yeah. old friend of mine that got me involved in this whole thing. She was, she ran for woman oh, of the year Katie last year. Oh, got me involved. Yeah, she's, she's good at that. <laughs> she's the one she nominated me last year after the gala, so she got me involved, too. She, oh, she, she's gotten I, a lot yeah. of people involved. Yes, I guess is. I'm the only one she's stiff, then. She's never done anything for me. So I, you know, I don't know what that's all about. I, I, I just think the world needs a lot more of this instead of, you know, particularly right now when everybody's at everybody else's throats politically, and it just, we don't need that. What we need is more people focusing on helping others who yes. need our help uh, raising money, uh, you know, getting out there, what you know, whatever it takes. I really wish we would focus on that kind of thing rather than who's got the political advantage. It's getting really old, and days like this, and 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 periods on the show like this is what I love about doing this show. Actually, trying to help people rather than hold them back or harm them in any way. It's well, wonderful. And, and as Scott pointed out, only fifty thousand dollars is needed to 
underwrite a right, grant. Right. I mean, you. I mean, I would normally think for any sort of medical research, it would be you have to have five million dollars to do anything. Yeah. Fifty thousand dollars <laughs> is a lot of money, but it's not an unsurmountable amount of money to raise. You know, Terry, we were just talking. I think I brought this up to Scott when he was in last week that. Uh, there was a news story I saw, and a friend of ours had just gone through the same thing, and I don't you know, really want to talk about the malady might be, but this woman, there's one, one medication that will keep her alive, um, and it costs $40,000 a month for the medication. So she has to make basically almost a million dollars a year before taxes just to pay for her medication. That's got to stop, don't you think? That's ridiculous. Well, you know, there's a lot of breakthroughs in science, and we we just need insurance to cover some of the treatments. Yep. And that's another thing that the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society does, is we advocate for um, for coverage of the treatments that are coming out. Um, we don't set the the prices, but we know right, it takes right. millions and millions of dollars to get the drugs, um, you know, through that process of clinical trials and finally being approved by the FDA and um, you know, the treatments are only as good as you can afford to pay for them. So, yes, we our goal is to save people's lives, and if part of that means advocating for coverage, then that's what we do too. In fact, four of our volunteers um, right here from from the Minnesota chapter were out in Washington D.C. last week, um, lobbying on the Hill to to cover oral parity and and some of the other legislation that we're. Um, putting forward to make sure that, you know, no matter if your chemotherapy is taken by a pill or if it's taken um, in an infusion center, that it's covered either way. We want to make sure that people have the best quality of life. And sometimes that's just taking a pill and, and going to work and not having to take a half a day and go sit in an infusion clinic. Mm-hmm. So um, we're doing we're, we're doing great work on all fronts, whether it's from Scott funding the research to us um, deciding which grants are going to be funded to our volunteers out there advocating um, to make sure that, you know, that public policy is covered too. And, and everything from providing travel grants to people or copay assistance. You know, if you've got insurance and you can't afford your copay because your medications are $40,000 a month, we also offer grants for that too. So there's a lot of different ways that Scott's fundraising is helping patients on a daily basis in very practical ways. Well, the listeners to this show and the KQ Morning Show are very generous. How, if, if somebody listening to this wants to make a donation, how do they do that, Terry and Scott? It's LLS.org is the easiest way. Let's and all LLS. of the donations are tracked by zip code. Yep, LLS.org. Um, Every donation is tracked by its zip code, so no matter where you live in the country, it goes back to your local chapter. Oh, see, that's a great, great thing right there. Next time, you folks better get in here uh, to the studio. We don't, you know, talking on the phone is great, but having you in studio is even better. So both of you, let's get something on the calendar and have you both come in. I'd love to have you in studio. It'd be wonderful. Let's do it. I'd love that. We'll get it taken. Absolutely. I'd love to be back there with you and the family. All right, Scott. And, and you guys need to come on the KQ Morning Show as well. And, and Scott, say hello to your father. What a nice man he is. Thank you, Tom. I will. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks very much. We'll be back. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you, Terry. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll be back with the family. 
It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast, that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Spring is here, and there's no better time to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK spring savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them I sent you and save 500 bucks on your LASIK. Offer expires June 21st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. We're back in the saddle again. Dropping the ball on that uh, bumper <laughs> yeah, way to music. Go. Way to, yeah, bumper music. That you really yeah, well, his playlist is a little quiet. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I thought it was last name, but I'm not going to give his last name on the air. But my first contact ever, the first time I ever heard of cancer... I was a little boy, and we were at friends of my mother's house. And the guy looked like he was sleeping, right? The dad. Mm-hmm. I looked over. He has got blood coming out of his eyes, oh nose, and God. ears. And I said, Mom, why does he have blood coming out of his He said, well, he has cancer. I'm like, what is that? Seriously, he had blood coming out of his nose, would, his mouth, his eyes, and his ears. And he looked about another Why would cancer make you bleed out of every orifice. I just think that everything was just gone. Oh, he died just Lord. a short time, very short time after yeah. But yeah, that was not pleasant to see as a little kid. I was like, whoa, wait no, a minute. can't imagine. No, let's not be doing that. That'd be really good to not uh, yeah. go through that. But seriously, when Scott's father called into the show, he was so happy and so grateful. Just the nicest guy in the world. And that's what you want to see. Nice people like Terry Ken and uh, Scott Olmstead and Scott's dad and the, the whole Olmstead family. It's just how the world should be. Instead of bitching at each other constantly about politics, why don't we try to help one another? It's a good plan, don't you think? I like it. I had a great plan, and Tevin fully endorsed it, that if there are reparations, they should be paid for by the people who own the slaves. What do you think? Was that Tevin's idea? Well, yeah, I mean, it was his idea, but I mean, I'm, that makes You're sense. You're on board? You're, yeah. It does, not it? Yeah, you've benefited slaves, from yeah. treating people like animals. Uh, maybe you should pay the bill. And, you know, if you just want to go by party, they were all Democrats. And my mother was a Democrat, so I'll pay my mother's end if, if it comes to that. i got no problem with that. You just write the check to me. We'll, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll be all yeah. even. <laughs> well, yeah, but I get a 50% discount for the honky party. 
They just spend money like there's no tomorrow. Well, like we were talking about at dinner the other night, it was like, you know, East Coast fans aren't going to put up with no. oh, losing, no, no look, being crappy. No. I mean, crappy for 10 solid years. No it's not going to do it. No, it's they won't go. The they'll Mets, throw they put things. Up with the Mets being terrible. Yeah, they'll throw things at the players. They they just don't put up with it. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Well, you heard what happened to Brooks Kepka. The guy's winning the PGA, and as he, they're coming down the last few holes, all the New Yorkers start chanting, "Dustin Johnson, <laughs> DJ, DJ, D. And Kepka said, "Oh, is that how it's going to be?" So he put the pedal in the metal and won it. Well, yeah. he was like, then he, I think he had like three bogeys in a row or something like he that. He had like back four in a row. Yeah. yeah. So they started chanting DJ, and he was like, yeah, that's why I knew I needed to like get it going and <laughs> shut these guys up. Which was phenomenal, I thought. He just said, oh, really? Is that how it's going to be? Yeah, he's from West Palm Beach, as a matter of fact. Brooks Kepke yeah. is. Won it for the second time in a row. He put, put himself on a list with some very, very big-time players like Ben Hogan, Jack Nicholas, wow. Tiger Woods, um, Bobby Jones. Uh, I mean, all of them. He he's right on the top of the list now. He hasn't won as many tournaments as they have, but he did it in a, uh, in a well, pretty fast. Brooks Kepka, he can't be much more than what late twenties. Yeah, he's not old, yeah, so he's See, got a while. These to people go. just make me. I'm like, what am I doing with my time? You're not winning millions every <laughs> Sunday. No, I mean, what? I'll find out. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll find out how old Brooks Kepka is. <laughs> That's how long it takes. Yeah. I'm Mr. Research. <laughs> oh, Mr. Research. Google finally. Yeah, oh my God! Now he's Googling Welcome to all the 20... time. What do you say? 19. What are you getting hammered? What are you getting <laughs> hammered about? <laughs> See, he can't you Google and listen at the same time. Yeah. He hasn't I gotten that bad skill. Bad yeah. Squint at your phone and no. and talking to the microphone yeah. at the same time. Yeah, that's the new thing. Oh, this is that you and I should move to Brookings, South Dakota. That's what came up first. Why? Who's who's saying that? Where's Brookings, South Dakota? Google said so. Siri says... Google told us to move to South Dakota. Yeah. Indeed. Oh, boy. That's where Andy wants to go. See, I don't want to go. Sounds Come terrible. My, this is taking forever to load. Why is it taking so long to load? What's the I know the... Here we go. 29 years old. 29. I thought oh, he was 29, 29 or something, okay. something oh like that. So when, do they, when, when do golfers usually peak? Around now, right? 30? No, no. early 30s. Yeah. Early 30s? I mean, you know, Tiger Woods was like... 29. Well, actually, he was a lot younger than that when he first started, but until he was about 32, he won big. And then he hit the wall for 10 years because of so many injuries. Yeah, he had that knee surgery and he really didn't recover. Back surgery, Mm -hmm. knee surgery, he had all kinds of surgery going. Sex addiction? Yeah, that and his wife, like. Somebody told me, is this true or they're making it up? That's got to put you back. Yeah, that might hurt your game. I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody's. Somebody told me that Ellen Nordegren, his his ex-wife, mm-hmm. now weighs like 300 pounds. Elon, isn't it? Oh, Elon, come yeah. on. Elon Nordegren. Yeah. He's like Ellen. five feet tall. How could she weigh 300 pounds? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't do the research. No. Okay, Mr. Research. How much now you're Mr. Go? Research. Mr. Research. It was my dad, and now it's you. Did she take the kids and move back to... Whatever Nordic Swazi country land you're from. Swazi Which I land. thought when you got a divorce, you actually couldn't remove your children from the country. Tiger's probably like, I don't care. No, no, he's a good dad, actually. Is he? He's a, he's a good dad. You can't be you a... Know, pork and the waitress. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Other than... Let your kids move other to Europe. Other than rooting yeah. your family. It's, other than destroying... Tearing would, your family apart, he's a great dad. I would not be putting up with that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't put up with it. 
Hey, honey, no, my, my kid's being moved to oh, Europe. Yeah. No. You, oh, so you'd put up with me banging the coffee waitress. That's good. The mm -hmm. coffee That's what what waitress. That's exactly what I said. What's That's a coffee waitress? The barista, you mean? Yeah. The barista, you coffee. Coffee waitress? The coffee waitress, the barista. <laughs> I, I only a, serve coffee. I'm a coffee I'm waitress. So I cannot bring you your eggs. I, I can only bring coffee. I don't think she's gained. I don't think she's gained any weight. No. So they just made up the You're hearing all these Halle Berry is six toes. The whole problem is six now toes. if you go. Arnold Schwarzenegger is part iguana. If you go, he probably is. You ever seen him? <laughs> Got that iguana face. <laughs> but um, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, you go to any news website now, you can't tell what's no. real news and what's fake it's news. It's all fake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Much it's all, all fake. fake. No, that's probably yeah. true. Pretty much, especially oh, about celebrities. She definitely has not gained 300 pounds. Okay, oh, calm maybe. down over there, Kevin. <laughs> well, you ever, you ever know calm down. There? In the celebrity, <laughs> celebrity world, it's probably she gained right. four ounces. Yeah. So now she's right. a You know what? I just thought of huge. something. You know why they came up with 300 pounds? Because she walked away with 300 million. That's where it came from. Yeah. That's she gained 300 million, not 300 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. In England, yep. she gained 300, 300 pounds. pounds. Yeah. yeah, 300, 300 pounds in million pounds. I bet yeah. you might be right. You might be. That's where it might have come from. No, so are you dating her? Nah. She's single. hanging out later. Hang out. Yeah. No, uh, but with the Tiger Woods thing, we talked to on our show a hotel manager in Chicago. And your show is tell all Profession all Confession. Um, mm -hmm. Pro and con. Pro and con. We talked to her, a hotel manager from Chicago that would watch Tiger Woods sneak in Ooh. girls into the hotel and they had to like keep it hush hush. No, yeah, gross. How would he let anyone know so that? So gross. Like he was, I guess he was not shameful about it at all. Like just walk him in, like or his people would walk him in. and. Oh. Yeah, just yeah, well, I'm Tiger Woods, like, what do you guys He's surrounded by you? people Ugh. that make no. a living off of him yeah. being yeah. So he's kind of the Tevin guy. Pittman of golf. Gross. <laughs> and when he won the Masters, is that what he won? He just won Ooh. the Masters. Yeah, when yeah, he won the Masters again the Masters, and everybody was all excited, I was like, Pfft. don't care. Anything he does, don't care. Because you're a racist. Yep. <laughs> it has nothing to do with him being no. a man whore. It's when because he, he's when he started part losing, black. People stopped watching golf. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. They do. They do not watch the. This tournament was down 38% yeah. after even, he left. And even when oh, he sucks, disgusting. all they do is watch him. on any. Yep. Any tournament, it's and everybody's just, like, he's an incredible athlete, and I'm like, an incredible, with him. horrible yeah. human just, being. It is amazing on how much people love him because if it was any other athlete that was kind of in his situation, yeah, like, they're okay, we're done with you. Like, if it's like the Ray Rice type of thing, which is different, yeah, Ray Rice, yeah, yeah, things, punch, but, punching him in the face on yeah, the elevator, but it's what, like, a mistake. Yeah. but yeah, it's like they people still pulling for this guy that. Yeah, did all well, he did with Mickey things. Mantle. All he did was drink and bang every woman in sight, and they cheered him on. It's amazing how people get like attached to yeah. celebrities. Yeah, and yeah. It's like you could do yeah, all yeah. these horrible things, and they'd still be like, "We love you." Is there another golfer that ever had that kind of Same adoration? Right no, I mean, uh, I don't think so. Probably another golfer, Nicholas. Yeah. Well, Nicholas, yeah. Yeah. Would be Everybody the last loved one. him that much. Oh God, okay. yeah. Arnie Palmer. I was gonna say Arnie yeah. Palmer. Bobby that's Jones. A, that's a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, it is yeah. a long time ago. A long oh, you're absolutely time right. And Jack wasn't good looking enough to get other women, so it all worked out in the end. Do you think that's what the reason? Maybe he was just Although a Arnold better Palmer, human you being. want to talk about somebody that banged everybody in sight? Arnold Palmer was that guy. Really? Oh, yeah. God. Okay, yes. apparently golfers are man whores. <laughs> Pretty much. No, I'm learning. Pretty Anyone much. Anyone who gets a lot of power will become a bad person. Like Not 99% of the money. time. What do you mean by that? 
Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I guess I'll better hand some back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. That's a reparation. It's a reparation. Devin gets, gets power. Yeah. Even money, money wants the power. <laughs> I like that. It works for me. That's a good idea, actually. You as a powerful man, though, that'd be hard to handle for me. Probably what were you, like he, 11 he'd stop talking to you. Yeah. He's not <laughs> talking to me Obviously. anymore. Hey, where's Devin? He doesn't talk to you he's anymore. He's got to talk Tom by people who? now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, you got to talk Never to heard Tom. Never I knew a Tom once back in the day. So tell people about your TV show. Uh, TV yes. show. So, well, it's the profession confession where we talk to people that don't have typical jobs. Where we had just a military Marine veteran on. He was over in Iraq for a while, and he gave us all the body footage from his time over there, like guarding poppy fields and doing like in combat and stuff like that. Oh. And so we're taking the stuff that's not too terribly graphic and yeah. cutting it in with the video, and we're starting to make a TV show out of his episode as well as we had an eyeball removal technician. Her job was she lived in Montana and she would, no, no. She would like when you're an organ donor, she would go to yeah. crash sites and have to remove, like, remove corneas and put them on ice and bring them to hospitals. <laughs> now, <laughs> Catherine's doing really well with that. Yeah. It, oh, well, like it made I guess me it not. It has to be done. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you think of all the other things like skin that gets donated or bones that get donated and it made me not want to be an organ donor after hearing her talk about what happens in that, that process. Sound... Which you should be an organ donor because it's massacred. Just don't but watch it. it. Just don't watch yeah. your footage. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky you're dead while yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah it's got to be done. We yeah. shall take a break. Be right back Ew. with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had great success following the Nutrimost Wellness Plan. How much weight did you lose? Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days, but more importantly, I know how to keep it off. That's great. What makes Nutrimost different from all of those other programs out there? In addition to my success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutrimost wellness program. And collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutrimost is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutrimost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday, June 4th at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutrimost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutrimost dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. 
Alex once again drops the ball on the uh, music, but uh, don't worry about our feelings. Here we go. It's Here not we go. It's too late. It's not playing. No, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Plugged in Look, anything? It's playing. Oh, there. Ladies it just started very late. Oh, okay. Okay, we got it. Raffi. David, are you sure you want to be on this show? Your daughter's playing. The wheels on the bus go round and round for bumper music. That was down by the bay, but, you know, whatever. David Dasmalki and ladies and gentlemen, all creatures here below will arrive in theaters nationwide. Matter of fact, it did uh, three days ago, last Friday. Is that right, David? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, how are you guys? I can hear you. You're doing extremely well. Did I pronounce your last name right, Dasmalkian? Very close. The small chin. So the small chin. Chin is cool, but it's like, it's like you have a small chin. So this small chin. The small, the small chin. chin. The small chin. I, I you know, if so I, I were you. You what? <laughs> Don't hit me on just small chin. That was what we used to say when I was trying to. The small chin. Like, uh, like I got a small chin. That works yeah. for me. The film, which David wrote and stars in opposite star on the rise, Karen Gillan, Avengers Endgame, Jumanji follows, uh, is it Gensan? How do you pronounce, is it Jensen? Gensan? How do you pronounce that? Uh, Jensen. So it's Jensen. Jensen. Jensen, okay. Jensen. And Ruby, a duo who live on the fringes of society in Los Angeles, struggling to survive in the face of abject poverty on a fateful night. They strike out to seize something that has always been denied them, which sets in motion a series of events with dire consequences. All creatures here below, in theaters now. There, I just did a world. I did a move, move in, a world. in a world where David Dasmalchin takes over. <laughs> I like in a it. World. In a world of small um, chins. Thank That's right. you. It's been a crazy weekend. Uh, you know, you put something like this out in the world. This is a micro-budget indie passion project that I've been, you know, trying to make for many years and uh, inspired by. And, and, you know, I've been thinking about this story since I was a kid. It's, it takes place mostly back in uh, Kansas City, which is where I grew up and where I'm from. And it's, uh, you know, about and inspired by people that I grew up with. And so, uh, you know, it's it's it's... it's it's been a real roller coaster, and this weekend felt really great to finally get it out to the world. And, uh, and you know, went to the theater on Friday night and uh, sat in the very back row and watched a bunch of people watch the movie. That's uh, it's a great feeling. So thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, David. I'll tell you what. I'm looking at your bio, man. You've had an interesting life. Uh, whether it's you know talking about Dune with one. Hell of a cast, as a matter of fact. David, originally from Kansas, he moved to Chicago, Illinois, to study acting at the theater school at DePaul University. After college, David worked as a professional fisherman in Alaska. You got to do what a circus performer. Wait a minute, I'm going to shut up. I want to hear about more of what you've done. Man. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I've had, a, I've had a very, very full life, uh, and I'm very grateful, man. I, I you know, I, I mean, I always dreamed of being a professional actor, uh, you know, or be or working in the show business, but I, how that came to be took quite a long uh, journey, and uh, and so I've had many interesting jobs before I became a full time actor. And um, when I, you know, when I left Kansas and, and, and went to Chicago to study theater, I got this great scholarship to Paul, but it didn't cover 
all my expenses, and so I had to take a break from school so I could make enough money to continue my education. I ended up basically taking a greyhound out to Seattle, Washington, where I'd always read in the back of comic books that, you know, you could get a job on a fishing boat in Alaska, make $1,000 a week, and find your fortune in the ocean. And I, I thought, what the hell? Like, I, how else am I going to make enough money to, to put myself through the rest of college? So I went, and uh, it ended up being an incredible uh, experience. Uh, and then, you know, I traveled all over the country at one point with a friend of mine. We were doing a, a crazy uh, avant-garde circus performance, a street performance and theater all over the country in subways and parks. And uh, I landed back in Chicago eventually after um, – some real personal struggles in my life and uh, figuring out kind of how to take care of myself and uh, that I was worth, uh, you know, living and uh, that I that I didn't need uh, drugs. Unfortunately, I battled a pretty intense addiction for a couple of years there, and by the grace of God, my family and friends and uh, the wonderful community in AA helped me uh, figure out how to live my life, and I, and I started acting again, and... Um, it's a miracle, man. I was in Chicago, and, and, and I was doing uh, Shakespeare, and, and I got a chance to audition for Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman film, the sequel to uh, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and I got a nice, small, but very impactful little role in the film, and it just um, it, it, it sent me on this trajectory um, where we are today, and, and I, I, uh, my head's still spinning a little bit every time I wake up and realize that this is what I'm doing for a job, it's pretty crazy. No, David, I got, I can add. And so you star in the movie as well, right? I do, I do. I got to point something out to you that that my whole life I've kind of been, I've had an edge to me, and you know, that whole deal. You can look very intense, David. I will tell you that, man. You got an intense look on your face when you want to. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta use what I gave you. You gotta use your mom gave you, you know. And I played a lot of bad guys, a lot of really interesting characters. I love being a character actor. I grew up watching uh, in Kansas City, watching Cremation Mortem's Friday Nightmare mm-hmm. the feature, where mm-hmm. I was to all my favorite guys, Peter Lorre and you know Lugosi, and obviously I love the, the Cheneys, Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. Like these guys had a huge impact on who I wanted to be as an actor. So. Now that I'm a grown-up, uh, I try to use it for my best uh, as an actor, and also my intense look comes in handy when my kids aren't finishing dinner or they're not going to bed on time, and I can uh, flash those crazy eyes, and, man, their little butts get right in bed. It's awesome. Andy, do you, can we put two people on at the same time? Yes. Okay, because Tim wants to say hello to David. Uh, yeah, we have a caller, and I'm guessing that's Tim, him. Tim Lammers. Yep. <laughs> David, how are you, sir? Hey, man, how are you? I'm so good to hear your voice. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, you know, Tom, uh, a long time ago, I'm sure it seems uh, a long time ago, David, but when you did the first Ant-Man, I actually arranged for you to come on Tom's podcast then. Yep. Yep. And um, oh, I, I remember at the time, because we talked as well, um, you, you've been with the all creatures here below, man. You've been on this a long time. Congratulations. I mean, that's passion there to, to see a project through like that, because this has been a, several years in the making. Thanks, thanks, Tim. And it's a, and it's a really, uh, it's a, it's a very, it's a challenging film. You know, it's really divisive. It doesn't necessarily, it's not, um, like I've been so lucky to be working in big commercial studio films, uh, 
majority of work the last couple of years. So making all creatures was um, a challenge to say the least. And it's and it's it's not something that people are readily going to you know when you're looking for you know producers or people to come work on it. it it's hard to say, hey, let's go make this really dark and intense and uh, unforgiving film. Uh, and luckily, so many awesome people got on board. I know Tim, you're a big fan of Karen, and she is just. To me, she's like the, she's like the new Daniel Day Lewis. She transformed from role to role. Like I don't recognize this woman, mm-hmm. and in my little tiny movie, which she came and did for nothing, she's insane. She's so good. It's 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 kind of uh, it's just kind of it's so inspiring. It's really awesome. Sure. You know, I mean, David has you. You don't sell yourself short, man. You've had quite a career. Since we first spoke, and I, I have to tell you, you know, I, obviously your role in The Dark Knight was incredible. It was very small, but very intense, like you say. Um, but then you turned up in uh, um, the movie Prisoners, and that caught my attention. And that's when I think I first got in touch with you, saying, God, you, you know, your work is incredible, and now all of a sudden you're, you're Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad you took my call. There you go. <laughs> but hey, Tom, you, this guy—he's got yeah, so much right. stuff. Obviously, he did the Ant-Man and the Ant-Man follow-up. He's going to be in the next Suicide Squad. Um, yes. You—you've been in Twin Peaks, Blade Runner 2049, uh, Bird Box. You turned up in Bird Box. I mean, this guy's got it all going. Wonderful. Thanks, Tim. I'm—I'm I'm very, very blessed. I'm so lucky, and, and I'm getting ready literally in, in, in a matter of hours. I'm going to go get on a plane and head to Budapest to start the work on um, on uh, Dune. And, and, and as, you know, as you guys have already noted, I mean, the cast on that is incredible. And the director, Denis Villeneuve, who did Prisoners and Blade Runner 2049 and Cario and Arrival, he is, he is you know, the Stanley Kubrick of, of this generation. I mean, the guy is a, a visionary, he's a genius, and I'm so lucky that he, um, of course, you know, he's trusted me with a very, very creepy intense <laughs> character to come play. So I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Well, I tell you, looking at the cast for Dune, you've got uh, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Charlotte Rampling, Stellan Skarsgård, David Batista. I mean, you go down the list of it. What a bunch of great people in the in the movie Dune, and you're going to shoot that. Uh, you're leaving, like you said, in a couple of hours. You know, we, we, I start my pre-work on it. They've been filming for um, they've been filming for about a month, I believe. There's a lot of scenes that take place in um, on this desert planet mm-hmm. um, right. that they've been shooting the exteriors out in. Um, in Jordan, and now they've moved production to Budapest, where we'll. I, I my character is a character named Peter DeVries, and in the book, uh, in the book Dune, Peter um, is the kind of the brains of the Baron Harkonnen's operations, and the Baron is the, the villain of the film. He's played by um, Stellan Skarsgård. So I um, will be shooting all of our stuff in uh, Budapest, and yeah, I've got um, I head there, and then I'll. I'll be going back and forth just a little bit because I'm also doing a really neat uh, new TV show for Hulu called Reprisal, which won't uh, air until probably next holidays. But um, so I'll be doing a little back and forth, and uh, you know I've got my wife and kids zipping around the world with me, going on the adventures. Uh, it's a hell of a ride, guys, but it's really fun. And yeah, I'm, I, I can't wait to be on set with those guys. Dylan Skarsgård, I've been a fan for. 
decades now. He's a legend, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to kick everybody else's butt because I'm <laughs> a real nasty dude. It's going to be fun. <laughs> you do play the nasty dude really well. I, I will tell you that, you, David. You, you've done a great job with the nasty guy. You have a like I said. Uh, Timmy, there are not a whole lot of guys. Tim has known me for years, and not a whole lot of guys. I get intimidated by the look in their eye. But David, you're one of them. You get that look in your eyes, like, uh oh. <laughs> no, no, believe me. You know, David's a great guy. Uh, we're friends on Facebook. We follow each other's paths in life here, and and uh, I'm so glad, David, you pointed out the thing with your family. It's so. Wonderful to see this guy is crazy in love with his family, Tom, and includes him as much as he can because you know showbiz is a tough deal with as much running around as he does. But t- sure. Dave, I think you keep things together pretty well. Well, yeah, and the, the running around is tricky. The schedule is tricky. But at the end of the day, the thing that I found early on, and, and I think uh, it's just so hard for so many people, is you get you know you get praise and praise, and then you get slammed and slammed. <laughs> If you're investing yourself emotionally and psychologically in the opinions of others as much as you have to when you're in show business, you have to create this safe space uh, away from all the BS, uh, for lack of a better term. And and I love show business, I love movies, but there's so much BS in it as well. And so when I get when I'm with Eve and the kids, you know, Jim, I mean, you're right. I. I they're everything to me, and, I, and they, they, they're what my life is about. I love my job. I love going to work, but they are what my life is about. And so through the highs and the lows and all of this, the wonderful thing is I feel like them being so good to me and me having them so close, it still makes like that daily or it seems like with kids, it's every day. Going to the grocery store is actually fun and like going, you know, just doing the dumb, normal, everyday things that we do, like it makes it all so enjoyable. So my, my this crazy ride that I'm on right now in Hollywood is is, is so awesome. But it also um, I feel like when I get home, I think if that was what all I had, it would be pretty empty. So I'm really I'm just so lucky. I'm really really lucky. I I I, I don't know what I did to deserve you, uh, Tom. If you look her picture up online, you will see uh, she is not intimidating or scary, and she looks about 23 levels above my uh, uh, pay grade. But that's okay. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, man. Uh, how do people track that? Outpunting your coverage. Yes, it is outpunting your yeah, outpunting your coverage. How do people find all creatures here below? Okay, we are right now. Um, we're only in ten cities around the country in theaters. Uh, so, but the best way to find us is on iTunes, Amazon. Uh, and Voodoo, just look. Go to your iTunes and look up all creatures here below, and um, you can rent the movie tonight at home. And um, and I really appreciate it. all the listeners out there who take a chance on this film. I know it's uh, a small movie; it's not a, it's not one of the summer tent poles or blockbusters, but I believe it'll challenge you. And I believe that I believe that at the end of the day, everybody, no matter where they're from in life, and no matter what their actions are, no matter how gritty, how dirty, how on the surface. Uh, ugly their behavior may be everybody's deserving of love and I believe that that's what this film is about and I think uh, our country will move in a really great direction when we all you know when we all embrace that idea and I don't care where people are from and what their political or religious beliefs are and all that BS I think it's just everybody's deserving of love and I hope I hope that this film reflects that in some way. All right, David, we need more people like you, and I, I know one guy that's going to rent your movie this afternoon. So 
There'll be a little dough coming your way from Minneapolis-St. Paul. <laughs> David, thank you, sir. Great having you on. Hey, hey thanks for letting me thanks crash so the much. call. And, David, uh, again, congratulations on everything, man. He just hung up. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, Timmy? Okay, he did. Yeah, stay in touch. With, hey, stay yeah, up. I hope you don't mind me calling in. I got really excited when I thought David was going to be on the show. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not a problem at all. It's a, it, Look, I'd like to stay in touch with him. What a nice man. Anybody who's come on and go, has had yeah. enough of this fight in fighting, it's time to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. Again, I've known him for years and got in touch with him, like I say, early in his career, and it's just so exciting to watch how everybody's latching onto this guy now. He is really an incredible actor, and uh, and like I said, a real good guy. All right, we've got to get him on again, Timmy. Thank you, sir. All right, see ya. Take Have a good week. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.